Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Home Daily for Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer Chris Evangelista. Hello. Guys, it's only been a couple days since the Oscars aired. Doesn't it feel like it's been, like, months Yes, I, uh, yeah, I, I just realized this earlier today. I realized the Oscars were only three days ago, but it, it seriously feels like at least a month has gone by because here in this current reality we live in every day feels like a full week. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's dive into the news. Let's, let's talk about battle angel when it hit theaters. I think we even wrote up uh, an article about how it was a kind of gigantic failure at the box office. But now that it's starting to get released theatrically internationally, it seems like things are changing or uh, turning around for Alita Battle Angel. So, Chris, tell us about it. Like, is this now a success or is it gearing up to be a success? Uh, it's it's a it's a yes or no situation. So technically, the film has been doing great overseas. Um, internationally, it's it's total internationally is two hundred and two point seven million dollars so far, uh, which is good. It's a it's a it's a good uh, respectable number, and it's doing really well. It just opened in China, so it's doing really well there. It earned sixty four point eight million during its open weekend in China. Uh, but here's the catch. So, Which, Fox, by the way, is like double what it made here. More than double. Y- yes. But here's the catch. So Fox, you know, who produced the film, they're only going to give about 25% of the Chinese ticket sales. So while it's it's making money, it's not really what Fox wanted. So there's like a give or take here. There's, there's a chance it could be enough to for fox to be willing to you know take a risk and make a sequel with hopes of improving the box office for part two or it could just be you know fox is going to cut their losses and say all right enough is enough well i wonder how much of this budget went into like the development like if they were going to make a sequel they don't have to i mean i guess theoretically they don't have to redesign this character right like they they have a lot of that um 
the, the technology yeah. you mean yeah and the tech i guess yeah um you know this movie supposedly cost 170 million i'm not sure that includes advertising so how much money does this actually have to make to be considered you know successful uh so there's there's a few estimates here um it needs to make between 350 and 400 million to break even but some sources are saying it might have to go as far as high as 500 million so uh, <laughs> I, I really don't know if it's it's gonna earn that yeah so basically if you're looking forward to a sequel for battle angel let's, let's keep let, let's let's page that for later and it's see if um see if it, it can if it can make it up that high but uh right now it's at 266 worldwide so we're we're halfway there chris <laughs> i get yeah good luck battle angel we're all pulling for you <laughs> yeah okay talking about uh fox uh they are making some prequels and sequels to the kingsman franchise something that i didn't i wasn't even aware that people wanted uh, ben, tell us about him. Yeah, so Matthew Vaughn, who wrote and directed the first two Kingsman movies, apparently really loves this world and has plans to stay in it for quite some time. So right now he is shooting a Kingsman prequel, which may or may not be subtitled The Great Game, that stars Ray Fiennes, uh, Harris Dickinson, Reese Efons, Daniel Bruhl, Matthew Good, and Charles Dance. And it's it basically it takes place... Uh, in the early 1900s leading up to World War One, and there's like a an origin story period piece about the formation of the Kingsman spy organization. Um, that movie was originally going to come out this November, but now it has been pushed back to Valentine's Day 2020. So uh, that's a, a, you know, a few months delay, but the Valentine's Day release is actually the same uh, time window that the first the very first Kingsman movie was released back in 2014 so I guess it makes a, a certain amount of sense for them to slot it in there plus by vacating that November release date Fox was able to put the Ford versus Ferrari movie that uh, Logan director James Mangold is making into that slot which is much more award season friendly than you know something like a Kingsman prequel so um, yeah that's the the news for this year and then right after that actually matthew vaughn is supposed to be once he's done with this kingsman prequel he's supposed to jump directly into making kingsman 3 which is a more a traditional sequel to kingsman the golden circle which came out in 2017 so um yeah i mean like and he also has plans to make a, a i think an eight episode or an eight hour tv show set in the kingsman world uh there's been some some rumors and talk about potential movie spinoffs involving <laughs> like the uh, the statesman and stuff like that. So n none of that is actually like uh, locked in yet. But it does seem like, uh, according to several reports, he's going to be taking a short break after production on the Kingsman prequel and just jumping straight into shooting Kingsman three later this year. This is crazy because it seems like this is becoming like Matthew Vaughn's like avatar. You know, it's going to yeah. suck up the rest of his filmmaking career. Like, I remember seeing that original film and I was like, oh, th this universe could be a big thing. And then I the sequel came out. I never saw it. Uh, Chris, you saw it, right? Kingsman sequel? Uh, I did, and I, it was awful. So yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't I want actually, any more of these. Yeah, I, I tried to watch it because I love the first Kingsman so much, and I had to turn it off like forty-five minutes in. I couldn't, I couldn't finish Kingsman two. I heard that from so many people that I avoided watching it. 
So now I'm wondering, like, who is, like, itching for all this Kingsman material? Like, is... Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's paying him to do it, and that's 20th Century Fox, so... Yeah, and the weird thing, Peter, I didn't know this, is that Kingsman, the Golden Circle, made less money worldwide than the first movie. And generally, when a filmmaker is gung-ho about making more movies set in a cinematic world and a studio is willing to give them that money, it's because at least the the box office take is increasing with every movie. But that's not the case here. So this whole thing is, uh, yeah, a, a little confusing. Let's talk about The Departed. Something that is very topical, not at all. There was recently a Kickstarter that was uh, that popped up from someone who wanted to remove a certain scene or certain part, a, a certain character from the movie. Chris, what is going on here? Uh, at the end of The Departed, Martin Scorsese's uh, uh, Oscar-winning gangster epic starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Wahlberg and a whole bunch of other people. At the very, very end, there's a shot where a rat scurries across a railing and it's very on the nose because the whole movie's about rats and people ratting on each other. And a lot of people don't like that last shot. Some people think it's way too on the nose. I'm fine with it because I think it fits the tone of the movie because the, the tone of the movie is overall surprisingly funny. It's almost like comedy and I feel like that was Scorsese underlining the fact that, like, this movie is supposed to be amusing. And, you know, here's a rat. It's on the nose, but who cares? But but, but many people feel like this one little moment, like it's like a two-second moment, like ruins a masterpiece. Yes, well, those people are silly. Um, <laughs> and one, one, silly, one of those silly people is Adam Sachs. And he released this – he launched this Kickstarter, which, you know, was partially all in good fun. It was in jest. But the the – the, the gist of the Kickstarter was he was trying to raise money so he could digitally erase the rat from the final moment of The Departed to make what he considers an otherwise great movie, you know, perfect. He, he, you know, he thinks removing the rat would, would make The Departed 100% perfect, unlike now where it's only, I guess, 99% perfect in his eyes. And so he launches on Kickstarter. It got a lot of feedback because it, it was amusing. A lot of people, like you said, don't like the rat. And it was up for a few days, but now it's official. Warner Brothers has had enough of, of these shenanigans, and they've shut the Kickstarter down due to copyright issues. And so uh, Adam Sachs posted an update. He updated uh, He updated the video he made. He, he posted on Twitter and announced that, you know, it's, it's officially shut down as of now. And uh, yeah, that's, that's the end of this Kickstarter. And Warner Brothers will not be playing along with this game any longer. <laughs> so I guess the, the lesson here is if you want to do a fan edit of a movie... Don't launch a Kickstarter that is a money-making endeavor. Yeah, I would. I would say that's that's the uh, <laughs> that's the moral of this story. I mean, not that a fan edit is legal in any sense, or distributing a fan edit, I guess. But I, I know there's whole communities out there, like forums and BitTorrents and stuff. And I, I know some of my friends, I have re-edited movies and I've, I've watched screening, you know, uh, famously Topher Grace re-edited the Star Wars prequels into one, like, two-hour movie. And, um, you know, that's not available online anywhere. But 
I think it's ridiculous for anybody to think. And, and this guy was like selling like for sixty dollars. Uh, for backing this for sixty dollars, you'd get a copy of The Departed without the rat. Ben, would you pay sixty dollars for that? <laughs> no, absolutely not. And I think he he must have known that something like this was going to come. It was all part of the joke. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally, I just love the the mental image of some executive at Warner Brothers being so furious and finding out about this and like, you know, calling up the legal department and demanding that this be shut down immediately because they can't take a joke about a movie that came out like whatever. Yeah. Well, I think to per- like they to protect the copyright, they they have to do that and they have to shut it down. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. The interesting thing about this Kickstarter was the video. Did it, either of you watch the video that was attached to this Kickstarter? I think I watched like the first 45 seconds of it or something. Yeah, this guy explains what he needs. Uh, this this uh, what was the money he how much money he wanted to raise, Chris? I don't have this in front of me. Do you know? Uh, I think it was about six thousand dollars. I yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, and he like detailed every bit of it. No, he was like, I need. It was four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. Like you detailed to like he's like, I need twenty dollars to go buy the departed on Blu-ray. I need to buy you know, I need two hundred dollars to buy a Blu-ray drive for my computer to rip it. I need <laughs> he like went down every single detail of like what he needed the money for to remove it. Which is funny because I feel like I feel like someone out there could probably just do this in a matter of like ten minutes if they know what they're doing. To just kind of like um well, well, someone actually did do it. I guess they saw the Kickstarter and they immediately jumped online and did it, I guess, as you know, to head the Kickstarter off. And uh, Adam Sachs, in, to keep things extra cheeky, he said, well, this isn't really official because Martin Scorsese shoots everything on film and this is digital. So I'd want to render this back into into <laughs> film for it to be real. This is ridiculous. Uh Ben, does the rat bother you? Um, I am one of those people who feels like it's a little bit too far. I, I think we were t- we were having a conversation about this on our Slash Film Slack channel, and Jacob, I think, said something about how the movie is not subtle, and and this rat is like one final instance of the movie just not being subtle in its messages. And I am sort of of the opinion that like. The final 10 minutes of The Departed where 80% of the characters get shot in the head one after the other seems to be like a sledgehammer enough. Like, I don't really think you need the rat there, but uh, I'm certainly not going (laughs) to sign a petition or back a Kickstarter to get rid of it. I know I was trying to look up to see if Scorsese, he doesn't do many interviews, and I don't think he's ever talked on record about this rat. Um, Like... I wonder, has Chris, I know you read a lot more of, like, the interviews and stuff than I. Have you read anything? Has he, like, commented on the backlash or what his intentions? I mean, although the intentions seem pretty obvious to, I think, all of us. No, I, I actually, even when I was writing this story up, I, I was scouring the internet to, see, to find a comment from him on it, and I couldn't find anything. So, but he's also, you know, not one to, I mean, he's done a few commentary tracks, but he's not one to, you know go into such detail as that. So I'm not a hundred percent surprised. I don't know. I think it's calculated. I think he wants to, to leave it on a moment of levity after there's kind of like a lot of, uh, thrilling drama in that last third act of that film. As I remember, I, I didn't hate it. I don't know. I, I don't know why people are so bothered by this rat, but, um, 
those people are never going to get the uh, the fan cut of the movie without the rat. So so there you go. Um, let's move on to Puss in Boots 2. This is a movie that I is a sequel to a DreamWorks animation film, uh, a Shrek spinoff, something I've never seen and never wanted to see. And I didn't think I would be interested in a, in a Puss in Boots sequel. But now I am. Ben, why? <laughs> Uh, well, it's because uh, Oscar-winning director Bob Persichetti, who is one of the three guys who co-directed Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is now directing DreamWorks Puss in Boots 2. Uh, the first movie, Peter, is actually not terrible. It's it's um, I only saw it once in the theaters when it came out in 2011, and it was surprisingly fun. I, I think you would probably enjoy it. There's a, there's a lot to like uh, in that movie. Um, Antonio Banderas voices the title character, who's like this swashbuckling cat who first appeared in shrek 2 and then showed up in the subsequent shrek movies um but yeah persichetti who actually served as the head of story uh and he voiced a small role in that first puss in boots movie is now joining or you know rejoining the franchise all these years later to uh, bring the second film to life you know i think i have seen like half of this movie like uh, one year at like CinemaCon or one of those events that showed me the first half of the movie and it was quite fun and I think this was the first movie that Guillermo del Toro when he signed his deal at DreamWorks Animation to become a consultant this is the one of the first that he was like strongly involved in and I feel like at least in the first half that I saw you could feel some of those touches um, from him uh, Chris have you ever seen this mo- the first movie no I, I have no interest in it I'm not a fan of any of the, the Shrek movies <laughs> does does this director give you any more like does this make you any more interested to to revisit it and watch the sequel absolutely not no i don't i don't wow. care <laughs> so there you go there you have it bottom line uh you're still not interested so who would have to get involved in the puss in boots sequel chris for you to 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 even watch it on the screener uh, no one. I, I have no interest in, in Puss in Boots. I'm sorry, but I, I can't imagine any like universe where I'm like, yes, the new Puss in Boots movie is coming out. I can't wait to watch it. I, I just, I can't. I mean, Chris, you said the same thing about uh, Detective uh, Pikachu, I think, at one point. I mean, I, I was never 100% no on that, but this, I'm going to put my foot down right now and say... I I have no time in my life for Puss in Boots. I'm sorry. I I loved Spider-Verse so much. Uh, As everybody out there knows, it was my favorite movie of last year. And uh, just uh, how bold, how funny, how it's just interesting. I'm hoping Bob can bring some of that to the Puss in Boots franchise. Did those words just come to my house? Come out of my mouth? I don't know. It's... um, Okay, let's move on. Talking about franchises, let's move on to Hellboy. They are making a reboot, which I think we've all commented on the trailer when it came out. It looked kind of generic and uh, maybe like it was trying to appeal for a broader audience. We now know the rating for this film. And Chris, is it PG? No, it is R. Um, Neil Marshall, the director, and even David Harbour have been saying all along they were going for an R rating, and now it's official. The film has been rated R for strong, bloody violence and gore throughout, and also language. So 
there you have it. This is this this ain't your granddaddy's Hellboy movie, kids. This is going to be <laughs> rated R. What's weird is like Guillermo's Hellboy movie looks a lot more gritty than this one does, right? Like, yeah, I didn't see anything in that trail that made me be like, oh, this is going to be really violent and dark. But you know, maybe it's just a bad trailer. I hate to turn this into the episode where it becomes the like episode about sequels or reboots that we just don't care about even with news that should make us care like you know the kingsman prequels and sequels battle angel sequels uh uh hell this hellboy reboot and uh the puss in boots too but like does anybody care about this hellboy reboot no (laughs) (laughs) okay I think I think it's time to just move on. I, I, I we just I apologize to everybody out there. There there is a you know coming off the Oscars, there just isn't that much news. So we've reached the bottom of the barrel where it's news about franchises that none of us seem to care about. So um, speaking of which, Disney is making Frozen too. I know Frozen was a huge hit. Uh, the sequel, the first trailer came out. We, we talked about it on the podcast. Um, and when we saw the trailer, I think the consensus on the podcast was that it was unlike anything we expected. It was kind of more uh, dark and dramatic than what we were expecting, especially from the, you know what happened in the first film. Uh, now some plot details have come out of what's going to happen in this in the second movie. Ben, what do we know? Yeah, so Frozen, the first one, is the highest grossing animated movie in history. And despite that fact, the plot for Frozen 2 has been largely kept under wraps. Even with that trailer, that that teaser, we don't really know much about what is actually going to be in this movie. But on a recent episode of the Fine Tuning podcast, a couple of bloggers, uh, Jim Hill and Drew Taylor, who are both big Disney people, and they've, they've broken several Disney-related stories in the past, uh, have laid out what they know about the Frozen 2 plot. So... If anybody wants to go into Frozen 2 completely fresh, uh, maybe stop listening now. Um, but yeah, so this is your your spoiler warning for what we know about Frozen 2 right now. Their quote was, It is about Anna and Elsa searching for what actually happened to their parents. They're going to go beyond Arendelle. So this is the first time we've heard this particular detail in the first movie. Anna and Elsa or Anna and Elsa's uh, parents die in a uh, like a shipwreck. Um, or maybe they don't. I, I, maybe that accident wasn't really an accident. There, there are a lot of different uh, storytelling possibilities that Disney could choose to explore here. Um, but just w- with that as the, the basic gist here, Peter, w- what was your first thought when you heard this news? I'm just not excited for the sequel. <laughs> to keep it in line f- uh, with um, with this whole show... I don't know, like I, I, and I'm not a hate. Like I like Frozen. Frozen is a good animated movie, but this, this so obviously to me reeks of them making a sequel because that movie made so much money. You know, before I want to say before like a few years ago, the only sequel to a Disney animated movie was what Fantasia 2000. And now mm. in recent years, we've had uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, uh, you know, Chris's favorite movie of last year. And <laughs> um, 
you know, now Frozen 2. Uh, I mean, what do, what do you think? Like, I feel like with a lot of these sequels, they try, like, ev- all these filmmakers, I was especially talking to the filmmaker of How to Train Your Dragon uh, a couple weeks back. I feel like a lot of them go back and look at Empire Strikes Back for, like, inspiration on how to do a sequel right. <sighs> I'm not sure what I'm saying here. Ben, ben are, 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 <laughs> well, are you, are you, uh, this is at all excite you yeah it does i think because i love the first movie so much it was such a pleasant surprise for me especially after the teasers i don't know if you remember the trailers to that movie but it made it look awful and then it ended up being this really touching story about these two sisters that you don't really see that much of in the walt disney animation canon um at least in in the same way and i i talked to jennifer lee who was the co-writer director last year and she specifically said that that she and chris buck who's the the other director they weren't going to do a sequel. They weren't even interested in it. Um, they thought the, the story was done. And she said, uh, but then one day we just made the mistake of talking about something and going, oh, my gosh, that's the thing we still haven't explored. And it's important. So I, I don't know if that important angle is <clears throat> Anna and Elsa reckoning with the disappearance of their parents because they didn't really have a ch- have room in the movie to in the first movie to do that. Um I mean, there, like I like I, I speculated in this article. There's a lot of different, you know. You mentioned how to train your your dragon, Peter. This that second movie uh, features that protagonist reuniting with a mother that he thought was gone or dead for the first 20 years of his life. So this maybe could take a, a similar tack, like maybe the the girl's parents are in trouble maybe they they survived that shipwreck maybe they're just maybe they're they're dead but they're there was something more nefarious going on with it wasn't actually an accident maybe you know they could get a tip from somebody and have to go out and explore and try to get to the bottom of like what actually happened to them i don't know um I just I guess because it's so vague and it leaves me with so much room to speculate about all these options it is exciting because I'm like, oh, anything could happen. But then once they, you know, close the once they narrow the gap a little bit and say, OK, this is what it's actually about. Uh, maybe I'll be less excited. But right now, I feel like there's a lot of cool possibilities here. Well, right about now, I think what everybody wants to know is what does Chris think? Uh, I'm not, you know, against I, I liked the first Frozen. I'm not exactly, you know excited for a new one but i'm not you know ready to to shrug it off just yet um i guess we'll see i do think it's kind of like a cheat to be like oh by the way their parents are alive since you know that that whole opening of the first movie was you know oh the parents died and they're alone now i think it's kind of uh backpedaling to be like oh we they're they're fine but i'm gonna have to wait and see how it turns out yeah that's just speculation on my part they could just be trying to find out what actually you know what caused the shipwreck or something like that they may not be alive but that's that's just uh they're just gonna be thought. alive ben this is <laughs> this is so obvious and they're probably gonna control the other seasons or something right uh maybe or does or does elsa now get control of other seasons other than winter she she goes to a place and uh and it's the professor xavier school for gifted <laughs> students gifted youngsters who can control the weather Yes. Okay. That brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. I apologize that we were not enthusiastic on today's show about any of this, except for maybe Puss in Boots 2. I'm, I'm, I'm actually genuinely excited for Puss in Boots 2. You gotta um, watch that first one. Let me know what you think about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to revisit that. Definitely before this one comes out, which... Wait, do, do we even know when this is coming out, Ben? 
No, we don't. There's no, no release date yet. Yeah, so them announcing this means it's probably a few years out. So I, I have a couple of years to go. So so I, I will watch. I promise you guys, I will watch it before before the release <laughs> of this film. Where can we find more of your stuff online, Chris? Ah, uh, sorry, I was on mute. Uh, I am at slashfilm.com every day, and I'm on Twitter at seaevangelista413. Ben, where can we find you? I am also at SlashFilm.com, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears. And you can find me at SlashFilm on also social media. You can find all the stories we talked about today in the show notes and on the website. This podcast, SlashFilm uh, Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at Peter at SlashFilm.com. And please on, head on over to our iTunes page rate us a you know give us a five-star rating tell your friends spread the word we'll see you tomorrow at some point weren't they going to make a departed sequel chris do you remember this i do i I think there was even a script from the same writer of the first film but i just don't think it ever came to pass obviously (laughs) i think they gave up on it Do, do you think the departed sequel also saw the return of the rat I think that was the plot of the sequel. The rat gets really big and takes over Boston. That was the subtitle. The Departed 2, Return of the Rat. Yeah. (laughs)